friends, welcome back to uh, this. I think this is the second TMG podcast of the 2018 season, um, and we're this is Chris Dufresne of TMG. We're we're very excited to start the new year. We're a little short-handed. We got an injury report today. We we're missing Mark Blouch and Jersey guy, who's got a little ailment and uh, and he's under the weather. He'll be back with us next week. We are joined by Herb Gould and Tony Barnhart. Uh, and they'll fill in today's time. And before we get started, we want to thank our sponsor for the second year, uh, APA Games. APBA Games is our sponsor for the podcast, and we're excited. APA is a kind of a strategic card game. Uh, it goes back to 50, 60 years, and uh, Mark Blaugen is our, is our spokesman for this since he's been playing it since he was a little kid. Uh, and, and John Herson, our, our buddy at APA, uh, has sent out some cards. Herb, you received the NFL game or the or the Big Ten game or some version of that. You haven't. I know you haven't yeah. poked I've into got, it yet. I've got the Big Ten uh, cards, and I was looking them over. I mean, the detail and 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 the potential for, you know, really uh, accuracy of these teams is is just amazing. I mean, it's it's got like every little thing covered on it, and it comes with a neat little gridiron and. Some little, you know, monopoly-like uh, implements that we can move around, so you know, ground and distance, etc. So, um, yeah, I will, I'll give you more report when I uh, get through it a little uh, further. Sounds good. Let's move on to the the, the uh, season, and we're not talking about a lot of football these days. We're in the middle of camps, but all all the news seems to be off the field. And let's get right to the elephant in the room, in uh, the Buckeye in the room, in in Columbus, Ohio with the uh, ruling last night about Urban Meyer receiving a three-game suspension for activities involved in Zach Smith, the former assistant. Um, I, we were all on it was a, like a 12-hour stakeout. I said, this may be the first, this is my first Twitter stakeout. We've, we've all done stakeouts as reporters, but usually, you know, it involves standing by a pole or, you know, outside <laughs> someone's office. But I was on Twitter stakeout for 10 hours uh, Herb, let's go to you first on your reaction to the suspension. This is you know, your territory, Big Ten ter- territory, and what what it means. Yeah, well, you know, as you may be aware, I put something on the website. Yeah. I, I just think that you know a three game suspension in in the modern climate. I mean, there, there's so much attention paid toward these kinds of issues. You know, the being the assistant coach who's involved in, in an ongoing domestic problem. I just don't think that you can give a guy a three-game suspension and say, okay, it's over, you know. And and I think that what's going to happen as we go through the season is they can say it's a three-game suspension and then it's over, but it's not over, you know, because this is going to be an ongoing topic and, and Urban Meyer is going to be, you know, diminished in his reputation it's going to be a distraction for the Buckeyes. All of that said, I don't know what the proper solution would be. I just know that this seems like a, you know, a very lightweight way to deal with this problem. Yeah, Tony, well, your, your thoughts on this? Well, a couple of things. Number one, I think at the end of the – first of all, there's no way – that Urban Meyer was going to get fired. Okay, that that was never. I don't think that was ever on the table. What was on the table was a, either a suspension for a number of games or no no game suspension. 
that was on the table, and I think that's one of the reasons we had that 12, 14-hour stakeout, and Urban Meyer was all day. I think it's pretty clear that Urban Meyer and his people were pushing back against any kind yep. of suspension for games, saying, hey, I did what I was supposed to do. So that's number one. I believe the Ohio State president said, that would, if, we do, if we do nothing, that's going to be a real bad look. In, in this time, as Herb talked about, in the times in which we live now, with the Me Too movement, and what's happened to Harvey Weinstein and all that. So that's number one. Number two, I still believe that if Urban had gotten up there last night and shown one <laughs> ounce of contrition, just one, just a little bit, yep. then then he would have gotten through it all right. But he stood up there. He looked like a guy who, who was being held hostage <laughs> by some terrorist group and was reading a confession <laughs> about what was wrong with, with him. And, and, and he, he clearly did not believe that he should be there. He certainly didn't believe he should stand He said, and stand up and take a three-game suspension. But I, I believe at the end of the day, the president said, no, we're not going to, as my daddy used to say, son, you can't not do nothing, okay? <laughs> and I, I thought it was just a horrible performance in a, and I've seen, we've all seen horrible performances, the non-apology apology. Yeah. We've all seen that over the years. And Urb, Urban's was as bad, as bad as I've ever seen. Yeah. He looked like he was pissed. He wasn't sorry. He was pissed. Right. And, and, it, and it showed. Um, it, it, it's just, uh, I don't know. You mentioned what he could have said last night to make it better. But also, Tony, what he could have said at Big Ten Media Day could have, uh, and I wrote a little bit about this. His mistake was, you know, thinking that he could get away with this, which they all, a lot of them do. If he would have been contrite and apologetic and even said what he said last night three weeks ago or at Big Ten Media Day, I should have done more. You know, I was naive. I wish I had more information. He might have been, this might have never happened at all. Well, if if he doesn't lie in Big Ten media days, and let's, let, let me get one other thing off my chest. Urban Meyer didn't just lie to the media. He lied to everybody who heard his voice say that, and he, and he knew that. I mean, Ur Urban's always been one of these guys, well, what do I have to say to get to the next thing, to get me out of, out of this situation? But if he had just stood up and said, you know, yeah, it happened, I used bad judgment, uh, and I'm sorry – for what happened to Courtney Smith, boom, it's over. Instead, he gets up and goes, gee, I don't know who makes up these stories. Yeah. Well, guess what? Brett, Brett, McMurphy, Brett, Brett McMurphy's sitting in the audience with the police report in his hand. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, wow. What, what they jumped on with Brett McMurphy was the fact that, that Zach Smith had not actually been arrested in this incident. But... In truth, the original police report did have the box checked, arrested, arrested, and that was amended three years later. Uh, so yeah, there, there was all yeah. sorts of stuff going on to, and that that was they used that to, you know, to disparage Brett McMurphy's reporting, um, and, and you know, again trying to find all sorts of reasons to blame the media and not actually what happened. Herb, uh, is that you basically you know, agree with with this? He could have he could have saved himself. Uh, a month, uh, three weeks ago. I, I do, you know, I mean, I'm on board with everything Tony said in a great summation. I think the other thing that troubles me about all this is that 
there were there were a lot of reports about the the inner jockeying between the president and the board of trustees or the people that were in Urban Meyer's corner, and the the fact that you know if it had been six games, now that's a significant thing, a half a season, three games, I it, it's that's just sort of to me that's kind of a slap on the wrist. It, it just it sort of shows me that you know the tail is wagging the dog here that. That you know, winning football games is more important than the integrity of the institution, <laughs> and I think that's just really—it's just sort of a, a a sad comment on Ohio State and, and the Big Ten. You know, as I wrote in the piece, you know, these people stand up and talk about high-minded ideals, but when push comes to shove, you know, it's all about whether you won or not. I mean, the other thing that we could point out here is that Maryland has a situation going on with DJ Durkin, their coach. And, and I think we don't, I know I would be shocked if he ever goes back there to coaching um, because they, you know, a player died on his watch during practice. And you, you know, that one is a little different because he, DJ Durkin doesn't have the, the resume that, that Urban Meyer has, but this stuff is just going on and on. And, and I think that there needs to be more of a, of a real statement made by the people who are running the the show, because otherwise it looks like, you know, the tail's wagging the dog. Well, in college football, it has to be the commissioners of the leagues because there there is no overarching commissioner, and there has been you know or czar uh, to do to do this. Let, we'll, let, I think we let's get back. To, let's get to DJ Durkin in a second. But let's let's wrap up Urban. Uh, yeah, the, I thought, and I and I did. The committee report, I read all 23 pages today. Um, the information was all there. They did a good job. I think they, every fact, or most of the facts that needed to be known were out. Uh, what they did brilliantly and strategically was not release that, I think, till after the press conference. And the press conference kind of came, you know, kind of was a little bit whitewashed. And, and But the report was pretty damning. And when you look at what struck me was the report of, of Urban wiping his cell phone records from more than a year ago. Um, that sounds like a grand, like a grandbaby. Is it Sloan? It, it, is, it is Sloan's birthday. Today. Oh, my it happy birthday, Sloan. She is roaming, roaming through the house. Is she, is she back from school? Is she in kindergarten now? or is that she? She's this, this, she started kindergarten two weeks ago. Oh, so, wow. So we're, yeah, her, her, her Abba and G-Dad and Mom are going to take her out to dinner Absolutely. a little bit later. Fantastic. You know, here, yeah, here's the thing about what happened yesterday is that, to me, the fact that they did not release the report until after the press conference. <laughs> right. They didn't release the report before the press right. conference so the media could read it and go, oh, my word, yeah. did you see this? And ask and they, they that was certainly intended to come up that way, right? Okay, that they would have been much better off postponing the thing, postponing the press conference to tomorrow, even though everybody had been there all day and all night. So that to me that tainted the entire thing. Uh, but they did, but they did that on purpose because they knew there was a lot. If you sat there and read the whole mm-hmm. report, there's a lot of bad stuff in there. Okay, yep. and it shows where Urban was being hard headed when he was getting some decent advice from Gene Smith. No, he's going to do it his way. And so, and I think Herb is right. This is going to carry on the whole season, but you know, you know what's going to happen, guys. You know what's going to happen. Ohio State's going to win them all and play for the national championship. That's exactly what's going to happen. And, and the whole thing is going to be couched in the team 
and the you know the Buckeye Nation have rallied around Urban Meyer, and away we go. That's going to be the narrative. Herb, uh, if Urban was fifty and thirty-one, in, in, instead of <laughs> seventy-three and eight, would he be the coach today at Ohio State? No, I, I think I think he would be gone. I mean, we saw this when Bob Knight was the basketball coach at Indiana. When when there was slippage in the win-loss column, that was when it was okay to uh, show him the door, uh, you know, you're exactly right. I mean, it, it's just, and, and I agree totally with Tony that, you know, this could be a real rallying point and, you know, the television partners are certainly going to make it into, you know, um, a dramatic, you know, toughness by the Buckeyes to overcome this adversity. Tony, Tony, the, the backlash against Urban today was, with the national back, backlash was just brutal. He's being pilloried yep. all over the country. But did he win back Columbus, and is that enough? Well, I, I, I think he, I think he's got Columbus. I and mean, then there'll be some people who don't who are embarrassed by all of this and the way the whole thing was handled. But no, he he is fine. He is fine in the state of Ohio. Uh, I think I think that will be fine. What what be interesting is how sort of the season kind of unfolds. And I don't think Urban's going to be doing too many press conferences this year. So the, so the, lo- the local media in Columbus, Ohio, are the ones that are going to get the brunt of this because they, Urban, Urban Meyer likes to shut it down when he's winning. Can you imagine when things are going well? Can you imagine what he's going to be like this year? He'll, so. he'll pull the uh, – This is I used to love listening to Tr- Jim Tressel on the Big Ten call back in the day because, you know, they get – what do they get, her seven minutes or whatever on the call – and and right. Tre- and Trestle, you you know, co- the more a coach is in trouble, the longer he talks before taking questions. And he'll read his roster. He'll talk about last <laughs> week's game, this week's opponent, and then at the very end, he'll have like a minute to take questions. And then up, and and, and that's that's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> it's coaching public relations. You know, it just this stuff is is just so prevalent. I mean, I I, I think. Our listeners should be aware that there's another situation going on up at, at my alma mater at Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, Quintez Cephas, who's their top receiver, yeah. uh, is in limbo um, while he's a, a you know they're going through the courts. I'm, I'm trying to think of exactly how to phrase this. He's accused of uh, sexual assault from last spring. Uh, I don't know how this is going to play out either, but it's just. I guess the reason I mention it is just that this, it's so rampant now, you know, the, the, the number of problems that you're seeing at the highest levels of college sports and, and the way people try to just sort of put them aside. You, you guys may remember last spring, it looked like Mark D'Antonio and, and Tom Izzo at Michigan State. There was some pretty damning evidence against them, and uh, I'm not even sure where that's at right now. Yeah, that that, yeah. that, uh, that whole division, I mean, you look at uh, uh, who's on staff at Ohio State, uh, Kevin Wilson, right? Why did he, why did he get fired at, at Indiana? Uh, yeah. Illinois coach. Uh, Rutgers has had its own problems. That, that whole division is just rife with, with it, it, you know, it's, yeah. it's got to be an anomaly of some sorts, but it is, it is pretty weird that that one of the top divisions in college football is just just racked with these, not even football scandals, so to speak, but these kind of unsavory yeah. off, off-field stuff. You know, and, and Penn State, I mean, they have, you know, obviously gotten back on their feet, but, you know, that 
that's always going to be among, you know, the worst scandals in, in college football. That one's not going away. And it's sort of strange because in the Big Ten, they like to act like they are the paradigm and, and that, you know, they do it the right way. And yet, example after example, that, that's not accurate. Um, Tony, let me, let's talk about the, the Durkin situation. I have a theory about this, but I'll, I'll it, but part of me wonders, why is this still happening? Uh, I thought we were done with the days of salt tablets mentality, the Junction Boys, um, Frank Cush, uh, this idea that brutality and, and deprivation uh, ha- has anything to do with, with performance on the field, especially today when there's year-round training and, 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 and you don't really need boot camp anymore. Why... Why I, I'll let you answer this, and I have a theory. But Tony, why is this still happening? The the reason it's happening, and the reason it happened in Maryland, it's the advent of the rock star strength and conditioning coach. Okay? <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is this is something that has happened. I don't know over the last ten years or so. And ironically, one of the first I heard about it was was Urban Meyer at Florida with Mick, Mickey Mar- Marotti. Yeah. Okay. These guys are they they're in charge of the strength and conditioning program, particularly in the off season when the coaches aren't around. And these guys are making they they've gone from making maybe a hundred grand a year to five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars a year. They are an integral part of the program. But the now the ones who do it good who do it well are worth every penny and they're very important because they they get these guys in shape to handle it. But what happens in any profession, you get a strength and conditioning person in there who's out to make a name for himself and who will push a kid up to the line and, in the case of Maryland, beyond the line. Okay? So there, and there was, a, there was an incredible mix-up there, and then the staff, the training staff at Maryland, did not know basic heat stroke yeah. 101. The first thing you do is put them in a tub of ice water and get the body temperature down as quickly as you can, and they didn't do that. But the, 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 the main thing is these strength and conditioning coaches are charged with toughening up the football players because that's where the toughness is instilled is in this off-season stuff, and some go too far, and that's clearly what happened at Merrill. Herb, do you have anything to add to that? Then I'll give my, I'll give my theory, and at Tony's was great. That's a great – I didn't even thought of that one, but that's – that's like, you know, that's so, that, that's such a, a good observation about the rock star mentality. It's like, it's almost like having a closer in baseball, you're paying $10 million a year. You, you got to use them. And these guys probably feel they, they got to justify their, their rock star talent by, I'll show them, you know, who's the best strength coordinator in the country. But Herb, you have, I mean, the Durkin thing, why, why are we still talking about these things? You know, it is, it, it's hard to believe. I mean, I, I think Tony summed it up well, but it just, it's just hard to believe. I think the other, you know, the, the common thread here is, you know, and to use an old NCAA phrase, lack of institutional control. You know, I mean, maybe what we need here are we need more independent eyes in these athletic departments, you know, keeping an eye on things. I mean, I, I've seen some stories that talk about how, you know, some of this stuff is the result of, less access by media and, and I don't disagree with that but the but the idea that you know these guys can just sort of do this in a vacuum and, and because they're the football coaches or the or the football staff 
they are above any uh, second guessing or any reproach, it, it opens the door for this stuff. And, yeah. and the pressure to win is, you know, it's amazing. I mean, when you think about when we were in school, guys, how many dollars were, were being floated around with coaches and television and, and what it is now. I mean, it was like a mom and pop store. And, and yet, the more money they have, the more driven they are to make more money. And I think that really gets to the heart of a lot of this. Yeah. Well, um, another issue along these lines is really pretty basic when you think about it. And the, the NFL has had, since Corey Stringer died, I forget how many years ago it was, the NFL has had no. Right. Tony, you still there? Hang on. Yeah. I'm still here. Okay, go you ahead. Yeah, yeah, you blipped out a little bit, but continue that yeah, thought. The, but, but, the, but the bottom line is that the NFL has figured out what they can do and what they can't do, and the players are unionized, and they have rights. The college players don't. The college players do what they're told to do. Yeah, uh, yep. you, know, you, you don't get away with this stuff in the NFL. Uh, because they're, you're talking about professionals in the union. Uh, yeah. the, co- the college guys have no, other than walking off and going home, that's really their only option. So that, that's got to be a factor now, in this too. Now you're, yeah. getting, now you're getting to my theory. My theory is Maryland. Look at Maryland. Um, what division are they in? How are they going to compete? They, uh, they look at you know, Ohio State, Urban Meyer, Frank, James Franklin. Look at the division. How are we going to compete in that division? They have all the advantages, the recruiting advantages. And, you know, so maybe they're looking for, uh, let's go old school. Here's what, here's what, you know, here's what we can do that can be different. We'll be in, you'll be in, we'll be in mm-hmm. such great shape, uh, you know, because the, they see the level, the playing field is not level. Um, and this is an advantage. Well, we'll go back to the 1950s. We'll do something we know they're not doing. Uh, but other than that, it's just, it's just, uh, it's really sad. I mean, I, 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 like, and I agree with her, but I don't think I don't think Durkin's coming back. I think this is no. There, 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 there is no scenario where DJ Durkin returns as head coach. The all they're doing now is their due diligence, their investigation. So when the time comes and they do let him go, they will have all their ducks in a row from a legal standpoint. The yeah. only question is, are you going to fire him with cause and he gets no money? And if you, if so, you got to document that, and that that's what's going on now. They can you imagine DJ Durkin and his staff going recruiting? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, I'm going to send my child yeah. to that place. Yeah, they're done. No, yeah, they're, he's no done. Way. They're done. So they have, Maryland has no choice from a from a moral standpoint, from a legal standpoint, from a competitive standpoint. They have no choice. They have to let him go. And and you know one of our uh, SEC coaches, Will Muschamp, got up and you know the, the immediate reaction for coaches to defend somebody and I, right, I, I th- yeah. you know I don't think he was well served by by his comments after that and maybe he well, might not do you, that. If again. you'll notice, Will came back yeah. the very next day and 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 backed away from that. Yeah, he started walking that back. He said, Co- "Coach, you got to understand. Sometimes the story is so important." It's uh, it's we're talking about life threatening here. It's the story's got to be told, and to do that, you got to use anonymous sources. Okay, you, you got to do it. So yeah, and Tony, you made a great point, and you tweeted it out just before we started this podcast about about the role of journalism in all this on both on both these stories. Um, yeah, and, and, and just maybe explain a little bit to the, to the people what we're talking about in in the Urban Meyer case and the, in the Maryland case. 
Well, it's really very simple. If, if not for the reporting of Brett McMurphy, who was doing it unaffiliated, doing it on his Facebook page, using police records, text message, direct text it was all direct evidence, and going to Courtney Smith to talk to her, uh, if not for the reporting of Brett McMurphy, this thing, this thing does not come to light. And Zach, and Zach Smith is still the, is yeah. still the wide receivers coach at, at, at Ohio State. If not the reporting for the reporting with Heather Denich on this Maryland story and her, her and the group that worked on it from ESPN.com, yeah. this kid died several months ago, okay? Mm-hmm. And, but what really happened was never brought to light, and it would not have been brought to light except for these folks uh, digging and doing some reporting to bring it to light. You know, I mean, it, somebody said, well, this would, you know, this would eventually come in light. No, no it wouldn't. Who's, no. who's going to blow the whistle on their own program? Okay. Uh, unless it's, you know, a, a, another disgruntled player. So, and that, but they, they got wind of it and they started doing reporting, but if not for the reporting on both those stories, none of this stuff comes to light. And it, obviously it should. Yeah, and you know the the ugly part of it, the real Brett McMurphy, who we, we all know. I mean, he has a wife and he has a child. Urban Meyer was perfectly willing to throw his to, to ruin his career because that's sure. that's the track it was on. How could you make these things up? Brett McMurphy was receiving death threats. I would you know I would like to see an apology to Brett McMurphy. Yeah, I didn't hear that. I mean, that's not going to happen. But he this you. If you want to understand the character of a man, I mean, why, why is Brett, Mc, Brett McMurphy was expendable in the eyes of Urban Meyer? Because, oh, of course. Uh, and that's and that's all I really need to know about Urban Meyer. Herb, do you have anything else to add? No, this? I agree. And, you know, I think it, it you know, it, it's just, it's hard to know what the remedy is. I, I keep thinking about that. I mean, it's almost like you need watchdogs everywhere, and, and that's not going to happen either. Uh, but it. And especially in the Big Ten, I mean, it's just amazing to me that that this continues to occur. You know, after the Penn State thing, we said, well, this there'll never be anything like this again. Uh, and and yet, you know, these things just keep happening. And, and it's just hard to understand how you can prevent it. Yeah. Well, one, one of the things that's got to happen, and I threw this when all the Michigan State stuff was going on, I said, you know what? The, the con- everybody's contract has got to be rewritten, and, and I'm simplifying it here, but basically they got to say, if you suspect or you are aware of any kind of sexual abuse, sexual violence, uh, domestic violence, if you're aware of any of this, you will, you will march down the hall to the compliance people. You will report what you know. There will be a document to record the fact that you have been there. We're, go- we're redacted to to put the, the name of the accused out, okay? You're not going to do that until due process. Right. But you are obligated under your employment contact to contract to report what you know or what you suspect, turn it over to the Title IX office, the compliant office, and let them handle it. You're, and if you do that, you're fine. If you don't do that, we're going to fire you. It's, it's no more complicated than that. Sounds good to me. Um... Well, you know, there were other things on the I was I was going to talk about today or get to, but I think we should, you know, we spent 28 minutes on on two subjects, and I think that's probably appropriate uh, that we wrap it up here and then get back to <laughs> get back to some old time college football next week when the season gets underway. 
unless anybody has anything to add, I think we should we should wrap it and then uh, start clean uh, next week. Herb, Tony, you got anything else uh, on your mind? Nah, that, that, that sounds like a good I plan. We we'll drained. actually talk about ball games next week. I'll look yeah, forward to that. Play some football. I like it. Let's play some ball. All right. We'll see you guys next next week. Get get a better Jersey guy, and uh, he'll hopefully he'll be back with us next week. And until then, adios. Yeah.